0: Hey, everyone, this is Phil and Lilith of the Capes and Lunatics podcast.
1: You're listening to Into the Night,
0: the, the Moon Knight podcast.
2: hell cool, how is it? Uh, hey, Lilith, it's me, Ray. Uh, just uh, wondering, your, your moon limo is ready downstairs. Are you ready to go?
1: Uh, as long as it has a mini bar in it, we should be good.
2: Oh, it is stocked to the gills. Don't you worry about that. We're gonna have a um, a mighty merry time heading over to Grant Mansion. Let's go. All right. Yeah. loony listeners welcome back you are listening to into the night the moon night podcast this is episode 177 and we are back for another Isla Ra session so pull yourself up and slip on in we are joined by a very special guest tonight in this plush setting you probably heard had to pick her up on the way in the moon limo we've had a couple of drinks already things are looking fine um, a a big welcome to Lilith Hellfire. Lilith, welcome to the show. Hey guys. Um I
1: just have to say first of all, I'm very offended that it's episode one seventy seven and not one sixty
2: nine. Come on, Ray <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, it's true. I mean it's just the it's the phases of the moon. Conchu he he uh rules with an iron fist, so I can only do so much but, I can uh, relate. <laughs> but very glad to have you on. It's been uh it's been a long time coming. I mean I just uh, been listening to you and Phil on your show. We'll get all into that a bit later, but um, a big welcome uh, for Loony listeners that that don't know. Uh, this is the Isle of R Sessions, or what I'd like to call um, yeah, what I like to call the Isle of R Sessions. It is the Desert Island Books, um, so we'll be looking at Lilith's four Desert Island Books, four books she can't live without, and uh, not only that, the results
1: but, may surprise you.
2: <laughs> it will. It surprised me, I uh, had a big grin on my face, I can't wait to reveal these, uh, it should be good. Um, but not only that, Loonies, we'll get to actually know uh, the mystery that is Lilith Healthfire a bit more, we'll, we'll ask Lilith the uh, standard core questions, just to get, get to know her, how she got into comics, uh, and any connections to Moon Knight. Uh, so as always as well, uh, there will be encrypted links in the show notes, so you can either Click on them now. Find out the four books that Lilith has, and go read them, and and come back, and uh, and take take a listen to our discussions of them. Or you can stay surprised, and uh, and yeah, just be surprised as we go through. Uh, so Lilith, yeah, it's a it's a, a warm welcome here to to Grant Mansion. First time here? Are you loving the the plush seats, uh, the roaring? And you, and it's
1: filled with fosters.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, the cracking open of a, of a tin seems to come hand in hand with your Lilith, but it's great. It's fantastic. And it's a Foster's. I love it. I love it as well. Um, brilliant and stuff. And
1: have Australian Shiraz as well on deck, just, just to set the mood.
2: Ooh. <laughs> Do you know from where in Australia?
1: I had
2: no clue. I just know that it was... I saw the little kangaroo on there. I was like, yep. Let's go get it. Well, hey, wine I know you've got uh, a a drink handy. I do too as well. Look, as I said, we've been drinking away in the moon limo. Why don't I I summon Samuels? We can stock up. Well, you know, we can just, like, get ourselves ready for this chat ahead. So let me just ring the bell. Okay, and while we wait for Samuels... um, yeah, I think we can just kick off into it, Lilith. I mean, and the first question that I always ask everyone on the show, and it's a big one, is like, oh, there's a drop for you, is uh, how did you get into comics?
3: Well,
1: I think I was born a nerd, actually. <laughs> Hon- honestly, not to me. People in my family are into comic books or, like, sci-fi or anything. It's, like, my uncle, and that's actually, like, how I got into comic books. I was at my grandma's house. I was, like four or five, digging around in the attic, and he had his old X-Men books. It was Starjammers.
2: Nice. <laughs> so, nice. Out of all comics. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. And it kind of just took off from there. Uh, I also, when I was younger, spent a little bit of time um, in the hospital, and I moved around a lot before, mm-hmm. like, grade seven in the U.S. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, books were my friends. I liked books in general, comic books especially.
2: So you were so big... Yeah. I mean, you are a big... Like reader I guess so you mentioned like books as well did they come did the comics come first or like did novels and, and literature come before comics?
1: I, I, I honestly I've been reading forever so books came first and like I said I stumbled across comic books um in my grandma's attic <laughs> yeah. and I just got kind of infatuated because I love art too especially sequential art and just like what talent it takes to take someone's story that's like written and turn that into like movement mm. it just like it really fascinated me and it is truly an art form to me it's something that I hold kind of near and dear because I can't draw a straight line with a pencil with a uh-huh. ruler so <laughs> yeah. I'm just like I, that's why I like art and I find comic book sequential art just especially uh very moving and special it's, it's something people poo 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 on but I think it's something very special and something very unique and not a lot of people can do
2: yeah it is it's a certain it is a particular skill set for sure i mean i guess a lot of people um put it akin to maybe filmmaking you know
3: Childish.
2: no oh, oh no 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 I'm, I'm saying more like it's in filmmaking oh. with like storyboards and and you, you know that sort of movement as well um did are you a um like did you watch a lot of I don't know, like I'm just wondering. I'm 90's with...
1: I grew up with comic books. I'm very lucky oh, to be a yeah. kid. Like I was
2: yeah.
1: Ninja Turtles. Um I knew that it was a comic book before the cartoon, but I felt mm-hmm. like the cartoon actually kinda shaped the comic book into something that was more accessible for mainstream, which I've always been very thankful for. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true as well. And movies as well, you're a big movie fan or
1: Oh yeah. Not really a comic book movies though. It's, yeah. it's the funniest thing. Um <laughs> One day we'll get
2: there. <laughs> well, I was just going to ask, I was kind of leading into it, because I know some people who, who love their comics as well, you know, and um, are very true to that form. They tend to actually not really like the movies because it's kind of an, an inferior, and this is arguable, like I don't want to ruffle people's feathers, yeah, but it I mean, is an inferior format.
1: Well, I mean, I, 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 they always say, oh, you can't translate it, you know, page for page. Did you even try have we tried that yet? No, we haven't.
3: Mm. So
1: until we actually do like a page for page recreation of a comic book storyline, I don't want to hear that it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm kind of not a fan of the MCU. I don't really like the tinkering around that they've done because A, I love Hulk. B, I love Hawkeye. And look what they did to them in the movies. And um, Black Widow, it's absolute travesty. Yes. So, like, I'm not a fan of MCU specifically. And don't even get me started on the DCEU. It makes me cry at night. <laughs> <laughs> I've,
2: I've I've heard. I've heard on the shows, <laughs> the DCEU. Um, wow, I didn't know you liked the Hulk. That's cool. I love, yeah. I love the Hulk as well. Like, yeah, it's a really hard one because. Angry?
1: I was like, this is because, you know, I mm. felt like he would capture the emotion of the Hulk. Um, yeah. It was a very unexpected choice. That's so why I was like, oh yeah, Marvel, MCU, I was all on board. And then Ed Norton happened, and then I was mm. like, oh, we got Robert Downey Jr. And then, well, focus went off of him. So, you know, I was just like, I'm out on MCU at
2: this point. <laughs> I know, it's really so weird, because when I grew up, like, the Hulk and Spider-Man were the big the big tickets, you know, and um, and it just seems weird that they don't or they aren't able, I know there's a lot of licensing issues, but they don't um, make more Hulk films. But I guess, uh, you know, it's proven that maybe it can't be as successful as I don't know. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man was, was struck in gold, you know, straight away, yeah. you know what I mean? So, and I've uh, always
1: been a huge fan, and it was his big comeback, and that's why I think I really feel like a special connection to the Iron Man trilogy and yeah. things like that like the hulk and the iron, like the angley's hulk and the iron man trilogy are just like something that i don't i i, I watch like every year just because they're that good to me and they hold a special place but everything outside of that in the mcu
3: no thank you
2: wow <laughs> the the angley hulk really <laughs>
1: I, I really did enjoy it i, I yeah, thought yeah. that eric Banner was a very interesting choice mm-hmm. um i thought that it was a very emotional story um, just because Ang Lee is a very great director, um, and it was a very unexpected choice, but I'm a huge fan of his. And I think that movie holds up. I don't like the Ed Norton version, but mm. I think Ang Lee holds up, personally. Yeah. As the origin story for Hulk could go.
2: Oh, no, yeah. Uh, yes, actually, for sure. With um, with kind of delving into Br- uh, Brian, his dad, um, and that whole thing with him and his mom and that all that sort of abuse. I think it was was very good
1: Very th- unexpected, right?
2: Yeah, yeah But I mean, they're, they're tapping into it now Like, well, more recently in the Hulk runs uh, In the comics, how it's such a Oh,
1: Mortal Hulk is awesome If you guys aren't reading that, mm. really please do
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely I think they, they've they um, They've said it's going to be a 50 issue run So I think they're on, what, issue 40 now So it is it is going to be capped at 50 But uh, it's worth having on the shelf Modern
3: sure. comics
2: Yeah, ex- <laughs> I know, I know that's crazy, isn't it? I, I thought the Ned, um, Ed Norton, I said Ned, Ned Orton, Ed Norton, <laughs> I reckon that Hulk, I like the beginning, like, the, in, in Brazil, I think that was really cool. They, he captured, I can't remember the guy's name, Louis, um, the director, Louis Fertura or something, he captured, I think, a particular tone for the Hulk there, and he even used the, the lonely the
1: underlying rage because that's just who he is as a mm. person so i don't really count that as acting if you know anything about ed norton you know he has that. And that yes i was like well he just kind of used that as the character so i don't really want to give him props for that but he kind of like meddled and you know he really worked himself out of a disney payday so he did
2: didn't he uh, uh...
1: But he's, he's very much in the vein of mike myers as in he likes to have very much control of what he's doing Okay. Um, he has to have the final say, and for some actors that works, for others it doesn't. And I don't think that he had proven himself in his career at that time, and so he earned that prima donna kind of reputation and kind of
2: doesn't mm. work in Hollywood anymore. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, because he did have big hits like... He's
1: a phenomenal actor. Yeah, oh, he is. He's great. he's never been in, except yeah. for the whole... <laughs> his whole. Yeah. Um, so I th- it was kind of unfortunate.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think aesthetically as well, like for me, he, he kind of looks like Bruce Banner. He's very kind of mild looking. Um, yeah, well,
1: you know, Eric Banner is very milk toast, which is what I appreciated. <laughs> you know, they could have yeah. went with like Orlando Bloom. They could have really stretched it. There was like a lot of people on the table when yeah. the Hulk was being cast, and that's why I just feel like yeah, Eric Banner is very milk toast. You know, very mild mannered, the whole deal. So yep. for me, with Ed Norton, he just, I don't know, he has that je de quoi that I just don't quite believe mild Manner reads for me, just because I, I was such a fan up until that point of Ed Norton, that yep. that mild manor part, I couldn't i couldn't see it.
2: <laughs> ah, okay, yeah, because I've, I've never seen Fight Club, but I'm assuming that's...
1: Exactly, one of my favorite movies, one of the oh, best right. movies ever, and actually one of the few cases where I will say the movie is better than the book, and I love the freaking
2: book. Oh, wow. I love the
1: author. So yeah, that, well, that says a lot. I really like the direction that they took
2: with that. So yeah, I mean, well, yeah. To be fair, as well, the only time I actually tried to watch Fight Club, I was at a mate's place, and I think it was four o'clock in the morning. And he, you know, we had a few drinks, and he said, "Look, do you want to watch Fight Club?" So I've never seen it before. It's four o'clock though, you know. We're almost like falling asleep already. So it wasn't the, probably the best scenario to watch it. So I don't. I don't have the best. They have
1: comic books too, in case you don't know. They have graphic novels for Fight Club that are actually pretty phenomenal. So if you Ah. don't want to watch the movie, the comic books are actually pretty interesting and give you a general gist in a more expanded universe kind of kind
2: of way. Okay, okay. Um, and I guess also Lilith, while we're sticking with just this broad question of comics, and and I want to know as well. I mean, apart from your desert island books, uh, throw throw the listeners a few bones here as to what um what sort of titles like do you i know you're very uh diverse in you know what you read but uh what are the sort of things that that interest you besides the whole core guy um and teenage mutant ninja turtles i guess
1: I'm a very at the moment, and I've always kind of been at my heart, kind of an indie girl. Like I literally was. I'm a '90s kid, so Image is everything to me. Spawn is everything to me. Uh, I love Archie. Archie has always been like I've never when I was younger, I really didn't consider Archie like comics. Like they didn't. They had like the Digest when I was younger. Then they kind of returned back to the comic book format, and then the reboot in 2015 was actually pretty phenomenal, and it got me interested in going back and reading all the old stuff again. But I've always secretly been an Archie fan, but I've never really met other Archie fans until, like, that kind of reboot back in 2015. It's been a great Archie renaissance. Okay. (laughs) That's, that's, like, honestly, you know, outside of, like, um, the indie books, like, you know, Ahoy Comics, Black Mask, Bolt, um, and Valiant. Like, yeah, Archie is, like, kind of my heart.
2: (laughs) Ah. And what do you think? I mean, like, and doing the rereads of the older, like, the the original Archie stuff, because it is, it is... Can I say it is different? It is. I mean, like the the classic stuff. It's
1: slice of life, and yeah. I think that it's refreshing, especially when you come from, you know, only say you only read the big two of like DC and Marvel, where everything's, you know, you know, sci- you know, nanobots and clones and yeah. you know what have you to come back and just have that <laughs> genuine. Well, and I'm American, so it's that genuine like uh, slice of life Americana. It's just like kind of keeps you grounded mm-hmm. and just kind of like a palette cleanser too sometimes
2: yeah I can see that it's, uh, it's just, just good solid stories uh, there's no complications there's no um, you know dare... I, I, oh. have a, I have a
1: a love for gingers so that might have something to do with it as well but Jughead <laughs> is my favorite character, um much like Shaggy is my favorite character I love to eat <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have a burger and a beer over anything else in the world oh, so i like I'm... I totally much relate to Jughead I'm the sarcastic friend.
2: Yeah. So. <laughs> I love I love um burgers as well I think they're great um oh, oh hang sorry Lilith he's Samuel Samuel's, Samuel's. Hello 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 this is Lilith yes Lilith Hellfire No no that's not that's not her real name it we all know it's uh as far as you know <laughs> i was gonna i was listening to your show i was thinking oh yeah i've got to start guessing again <laughs> so i was gonna i was gonna call <laughs> you and just... i were joking about that i
1: was like i wonder if he's gonna do it i, I think that yeah. should
2: be the gag honestly it's okay <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway samuels yeah as you can see you no know, we do have drinks here i know but we we uh we want to prepare ourselves so Lilith, any any other drinks uh, that samuels can prepare he can prepare anything Anything
1: for
2: you. How about a
1: kangaroo burger? <laughs> oh! <laughs> and then
2: we can ship it to Phil. <laughs> exactly. Well, Samuels, have you got the shotgun? Mm. Uh, excellent, <laughs> excellent, okay. I think we've got a few... Kangaroos groups.
1: have it coming. They're mean. They're dude bros. They have oh, they, it coming. Don't they, go back
2: they, to the kangaroos. <laughs> they, they are, yeah. They've got attitude. Well, okay. Well, how about a kangaroo... Uh, since we're talking about burgers and stuff, little hey, yeah, we've got drinks. Why don't you get... Um, can I get an... Uh, an armadillo ice cream, <laughs> Samuels. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, nothing is too hard for Samuels. There, little uh, we, we shall wait for our meals. That, that's great, excellent. Um, so, what were we talking? About? We're talking about um, about Archie uh, and the slice of life. I'm, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, the other. Yeah, your other. Sorry, you, you other mentioned indie books. Yeah. Yes. Um, like I said,
1: Ahoy is a great imprint, um, that I can't recommend enough. Okay. Um, they do like everything, whether you're into like the gothic macabre or just like, you know, funny time travel stuff, or, you know, they're trying to create their multiverse Mm -hmm. characters and stuff like that. Um, I really like Black Mask, very straightforward, kind of spooky,
2: uh, superhero takes. Is that Dark Horse? Dark Dark Horse? No?
1: No? No, Black Mask, just its own actual indie line. Oh,
2: Okay. Okay. And what's the? Um... That, of
1: course, has kind of fallen out of favor for me.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> it's been I... a
1: long time. Like I think Buffy is the only thing holding that that whole brand
2: up. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm assuming it's going to crumble because Marvel have got rights uh, to a lot of this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was that thing? There was a sh- there was a line that you mentioned in Capes and Lunatics. Oh. Listeners, sorry, I should have mentioned it. You probably read it in the show notes as well. Lilith is one of the hosts. Sorry, we just got straight into chatting. It was just you
1: poor know. Phil. He's tearing his hair out.
2: What's the show? Yeah, Lilith is uh, one of the hosts of Capes and Lunatics and Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks, which which has a whole lot of shows within that umbrella. Uh, so we're talking about um, Spider-Man, uh, Batman, Deadpool. Um, you know, Quasar as well. Uh, but Lilith, you also do, uh, is it legends of the, of green arrow legends or the Arro- arrow, Arrowverse. Arrowverse. Um, and that you're currently doing Superman stuff on that. So, um, plenty of stuff, definitely worth checking out as well. Um, sorry, before I get on to just the next question, Lilith, I was just wondering, um, in your show, you, you, Phil and Charlie were talking about, um, I think you gave a recommendation and you said, oh, well, good luck if anyone can actually find it because it's an online um, company. Oh, so- um, what's that one?
1: Alternative Comics. Yes, um, to, yeah. to our show, uh, and Lunatics. Alterna Comics. Um, yeah, they actually make their comic books still on the the old school newsprint, which oh. I find very really fascinating, and that that enables them to lower their price point. And um, you know, you can ask your comic book guy, but the way that I do it to make sure that the money like kind of like goes to them is that I order from Etsy, and I thought that that was just like kind of a brilliant oh, okay. thing that they offered it on Etsy. And directly through their website
2: as well. Oh, cool! Okay, now we're definitely going to put that one in the show notes as well. Alternate comics, yeah.
1: Alternate it... comics has a great variety as well. They have like f- things for like small children that that they can read, things that are like spooky and creepy, and mm. then you know, every day they have their whole brand of like Superman, you know, their Big Seven as as it were as
2: well. That oh, are all fantastic. pretty interesting and unique. Taste. That sounds pretty cool. I'm I'm always keen to to try new. New things and and try to support independent uh, comics as well. So, um, fantastic. Uh, and speaking of capes and lunatics as well, look, you, you and Phil, Phil Perich, Phil the Drop King. Listeners will be uh, will know he's no <laughs> yeah, stranger he to the him. show. Um, so you and Phil, co- uh, you host um, capes and lunatics along with Charlie Escher Of course, he's a he's a great resource. Charlie, the three of you always have great. Great banter. Um, I want to know like, the Lilith, the podcaster before Capes and Lunatics. I've I've read or I've I've heard from Phil, um, especially I think in Pod Life, the book where he talks about meeting up with you. So I've read like how you guys came about, but but tell us a bit about how you were podcasting before that, or, or you know, and what that led to. Oh, the
3: embarrassing
2: pre <laughs> yeah
1: podcasting yeah. well no um i i did a podcast back when i was in high school um based on smallville little did i know that i'd actually like graduate high school i thought i was gonna go into like the film or music industry so i actually got to internship over at <laughs> on the set of smallville for a while for two summers Oh, and uh yeah so i just kind of like podcasted about smallville and then i turned uh then couple like probably like five years later i did like a supernatural podcast and then arrow came out and i was like i don't know if i want to do arrow after just getting out of smallville it's like an abusive yeah. relationship we all know how that show ended
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> long years of struggle you
3: know for that <laughs>
1: three seconds guys I didn't know, and I was I was very in love with Justin Hartley's Green Arrow, as different as it was from the comics. And I was like, I don't know, Stephen Amell, not my, not my Green Arrow. Uh-huh. And you know, there were the guys behind that terrible Green Lantern movie as well. So
3: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs>
1: I was like, mm. But I got a chance, I started um, a Green Arrow podcast, and then, I just like kind of a solo indie thing, and then I got uh, picked up by a, a larger network. And I uh, had trouble with, uh, like, finding a permanent co-host, so I was always, mm-hmm. like, kind of, um, you know, sending out calls for guest hosts and
3: stuff.
2: So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Is there any any reason – well, I mean, they are connected to comics, but there, is there any reason why you steered away from doing a podcast about, like, comic books? Or, or, or was it just something <laughs> that <laughs> –
1: at the time i had i was just always like be- before the new 52 so before like 2012 i was like always reading comics like
3: yeah always oh, like, I, like okay.
1: I was going i'm not even gonna lie like i spent a lot of money on comics and i yeah. just kind of wanted to enjoy it and not have to like you know be nice
3: yeah
1: <laughs> you know because you want the want the people to come on your podcast so you have to like be general and be nice yeah. and that's not me y'all know <laughs> if, you, if you listen to k <laughs> open with my opinions. I try to be constructive, but yeah, when you yeah. ruin a character like Superman, who I I love, I have just this, this very big place in my heart, and i so, very sorry, sad right now.
2: You ruin like uh, which character was that,
1: sorry? Superman. <laughs> so oh. when you ruin characters like that, I just can't, I can't be nice about it. Y'all know, if you, if you listen to Caves, then you know the whole Bendis, Bendis, Bendis thing. Ah, uh, so. yes,
2: yeah, no, very familiar. So with... that's why I
1: didn't like like to have to be like nice or like you know tiptoe around the issue sure and i, I like that brings on people that like we we enjoy that like are like they have a good body of work and i don't have to like yeah. play nice about like i don't have to be fake
3: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that, that's i'm not a fake person i'm very genuine i feel how i feel i said what i said and i meant it kind of person so that, ah. that's why i just couldn't you know, do that because you, you do want to get the interviews to get the views and the butts and the seats and stuff. So, oh, of course, so that's why initially I wanted to do a, a full co- a podcast about comic books so that I have very like deep, hard opinions about things.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, not to you know say that what you, how you started was was any less so, but uh, you know, that'd be that'd be great. You know, you got to stoke the fire a little with uh those hot, hot opinions and stuff, Lilith. That would have been that would have been fun to actually <laughs> listen to. <laughs>
1: Was barely alive. Facebook was still in like beta for college. I'm old.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I
1: had my face. I'm old.
2: <laughs> I had I had one as well. Uh, how about the your stint then in like Supernatural and all that? How long did they that kind of go for before?
1: Uh, we did three years of it, and wow. you know we did like a catch up podcast, and then it was like by the time when we were doing it season. Six, seven, I think eight was our breaking point. Okay. Um, It was, if you're a Supernatural fan, it was when Sam didn't look for Dean that we were like, okay, these show writers don't know what they're doing. So we kind of pushed out season eight and like, I've just been intermittently watching. I was, then I just started intermittently watching, but yeah. So like season eight kind of broke me and the podcast.
2: (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah. Because I was about to say, uh, and again, I have not watched an episode of Supernatural. It's something that kind of just flew past me.
1: First I Phenomenal! Yeah, will yeah. it. Just stop.
2: Well, well I mean,
1: survive.
2: I mean, and and this is where I'm coming from because I'm a, an old geezer. Because um, I I was a big uh, X Files fan. That was phenomenal when that came out. I was watching it.
1: Kim Banners, who was essential and influential on uh, X Files, was a very good friend to Eric Kripke and a. Uh, producer on the show as well so yeah a lot of people it's like Buffy meets X-Files it's kind of like the tagline for the first like two to three seasons is how they would pitch that show and it very much lived up
2: yeah well I mean for me it it seemed like oh it's kind of like you don't have Mulder and Scully you've just got these two brothers it's a very similar premise um so that's how I missed it though but I guess what I was about to say was uh I asked about how long because I do know it lasts a long time, right? They've still got what They're fifteen
1: going... seasons. Yes, yeah. Definitely. Not too long ago at the time of recording. Like actually, uh, two nights ago, as the, at the time of this recording.
3: Have you? And you... it
1: was a great finale for you know for yeah. as long as it, that it's dug on. And I'm um, I'm glad to see the boys move on and do other things because Jensen Echols, as some of you may know, did yes. the voice for Redford oh. and things like that. He's Dark gonna be... Angel.
2: He's going to be on the uh, He's the be boys. boys. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's cool. Uh, that's did... Another
1: Christmas show. Finally, another successful show for Eric Cook. He's so happy for him, oh, by the way.
2: If, if Supernatural is anything like The Boys, then I'm in because that's that I show... The I
1: first three, the first two seasons have um, kind of similar snarky tones um definitely the uh family is what you make it kind of vibes like that's eric kirk's kind of through line through all of his shows if you know anything about him Mm -hmm. and it's just two guys driving a badass in parlor you know (laughs) (laughs) killing monsters like i mean it's a simple premise but it works especially if you're into like urban legends and like you know lore like mythological lore and stuff the first like three seasons especially really lean into that and then they kind of kick into the myth arc of their show which is like you know heaven hell demons and things like that
2: I'm gonna have to give so, it an yeah I'm gonna have to give it another go my my co-host Connor is a, is a massive fan I think he's wanted to do this is Connor from last son's of Krypton a Superman podcast I think he wants to do a, a supernatural podcast um, he, he's that big a fan so I'm gonna to have to check it out I guess and and from what you've been saying Lilith that it, it sounds good so um,
1: if you want to dip your toes into it they actually do have I believe it's on they transferred them all to Wildstorm. DC did do a um what was it it's like four different sets of six uh mini series uh no wait four series four mini series with six uh issues each and okay. i th- think they build it on their supernatural origin so like the first three are about like pre uh be- before the show starts and then the next three are kind of like after um the okay. show starts if i remember right and uh, that's a great way to dip your toe into it if you yeah. can find those books Okay. And see if you like it. It's pretty, like, kind of faithful to the characterizations as far as I'm concerned.
2: Oh, that's nice. That's good. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's worth checking out as well. Um, let's see how, yeah, to, to get kind of a feel for the characters and to kind of build that universe around them. Uh, also, as well, I, I think moving to, I guess, other than podcasting, um, I understand that you, you write as well. Again, these are the little things that I hear, you know. Here and there, um, so fanfic is a big thing. Do you do you still write? Um...
1: Occasionally, I still write. Um, fanfic was a huge, huge thing for me through high school and through college, mm-hmm. and like right after college, um, I did a lot of Smallville uh, fanfic. I did a lot of Heroes fanfic, uh, a lot of Gossip Girl fanfic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have, I have a very wide like breadth of interests. <laughs> yep. So, and that's as awesome. a writer, that's kind of what you want
2: yeah yeah and okay cool well and so again like i know the term of fanfic and stuff but i don't know the i guess the arena that are there like blogs or other communities where you where you get together with Uh, other
1: yeah what you want to do you always have tumblr (laughs) of course oh is that a big fan go for like really cool fanfic oh is it okay but then you have net, archive of our own and wattpad Actually, um, Wattpad... I oh, think why I the did that? Awesome... Yeah. Um, After is actually based on a fan, uh, uh, One Direction fanfic that they kind of just changed the names of. Kind of like, you know, Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. So, wow. I mean, you can... You know, the lady that wrote, wrote uh, the Immortal Instruments, um... Cassandra Clear, she she came from the fanfic world. So there's oh. a lot of people that are from the fanfic writing world and have made it and I'll use this in air quotes as a successful writer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it can happen for you if you try hard enough.
2: Okay. I mean but you know, I guess some people just love just doing it anyway, regardless of whether that's the path that the career path they want to go down. It's I guess it's something that you you just you have the ability to I guess flesh out the characters that you love. Anyway, I mean, I, I can imagine that's um, gratification enough. And changing
1: that one thing that you know that the writer did that, that annoys you. You know, if you're mm. a Superman fan, Robos are. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, what is uh, what's probably the most outlandish thing that you've probably written, or, or or the the biggest kind of tweak? Would you say that you've done to say? I don't know. Is there a a, a character? that Absolutely. listeners the
1: storyline that i have in mind um yeah. and it, it, i don't know like i don't know i feel like if you know smallville then you might have like and you were on the forums like you know um
3: yeah.
1: KryptonTV.com, or if you're on any of those forums like that then you would probably be familiar with this theory that before lois showed up you know it took forever for her to show up yeah and they never they stopped saying chloe's name for a while so everybody and they kept saying oh she's not in the history but you know she's this huge part of clark's life the chloe's theory so i actually it oh. that she actually does
3: she was actually lois
1: oh wow <laughs> i just i actually don't really like the lois i mean no offense to erica durance um but like that is not my lois lane oh, like okay. i just I, not my lois lane so that's kind of my thought process i was like she, but yeah that lois lane does not exist in my smallville right. au that I
2: yeah yeah well i mean it's again interesting because i i haven't myself i haven't read oh i haven't, watch Smallville, but I again speak to Connor, my co-ho- I know, I speak to Connor, my co-host and he talks about how he, he loves
3: it's your boy
2: <laughs> he, um, how he likes that uh, the Lois, um, Erica sorry, what was her name? Um, she's,
1: she's pretty to look at, but like I am a, uh, Adventures of Lois and Clark Terry Hatcher is my Lois ah. and nobody will ever be able to top her, nobody's going to live up to Terry Hatcher so I mean
2: she nothing against
3: her. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mostly doesn't like White Snake. That's all that I'm saying. That that's not who
2: she is. I would say I always I mean, again, if you're talking about Superman classics, I always see um Margot Kidder. Kidder. Mm. As the I mean, yeah, I don't know. She she seems to have that kind of that personality. well, that's how I see Lois personality. Well they're rights. actually
1: doing a throwback to Margot Kidder, I feel like in the casting of uh Bitsy for uh, the Tyler Holchin-led Superman oh, on CW. Okay. I do feel like, like if you look at her and the vibe that they're getting because she's kind of older yes. than Clark, you know, that whole thing, that's definitely a Marco Kidder vibe for me.
2: Okay, yeah. Yeah, I have my opinions about that current iteration of Superman. But look, I am no, by no means a, a huge Superman fan. <clears throat> I'm on a learning curve, um, and I enjoy talking about you know the characters with Connor, but yeah, I don't know that...
1: I really wish to Superman in the 90s. Like, I, honestly, 90s was the best era for, like, 90s. Like, I'd say, like, late 70s to, like, the tail, like, the beginning of, like, i say 2002 was the absolute most epic era for almost any comic book company. And mm. I feel like, especially that early 90s for Superman, you kind of had to be in the thick of it to have to go through that struggle for that ups and downs, or you kind of mm. lose some of the nuances. Okay. Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: So yeah. I can understand
1: how people don't, don't like Superman who... Got into Superman like post two thousand and three. I understand how he can kind of come off as like you know one note.
2: Oh uh, yeah, so I get you. I mean no, I'm I'm not talking about the character. I'm more having a little go at, at Tyler because <laughs> well
1: I have I love Team Wolf. Like let me say I love Team Wolf. love him in Team Wolf. Oh, it's incredibly underused. Him. Okay. He's a very tall guy. He has the strong job, but. He definitely um and you know people gave tom welling a lot of crap for you know not putting on the tights and things like that and saying mm-hmm. certain things but for me he did actually embody what it meant to be superman out of the out of the character much like christopher reeves did and george reeves before yeah. him where tyler doesn't have that for me so that that's like yeah. like I said, i'm kind of old so I've, I've i've been through a couple of superman's and you have like big boots to fill quite literally when it comes to it yeah. and
2: them. <laughs> that, that's all. Yeah, yeah, it is a it is a hard um, act to follow, I guess. But uh, yeah, anyway, I mean, um, don't want to dwell too much too much on it. But yeah, Brandon Routh, I think, and, and Henry Cavill, um, they... I, forget, I forget. I was like, I made my peace with Brandon Routh. Like, I
1: kind of didn't like it, and then like, as the, yeah. then I saw Man of Steel, and I was like, oh no, bring him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> yeah um so oh yeah it, it'll be interesting anyway that tv show i guess we'll um we'll come to it
1: you know supergirl surprised me in its second season i definitely don't think the first season is gonna wow me i think it's gonna take no. some footing and some things too yeah so i'm gonna give it a chance
2: yeah I'll, I'll give it a chance as well we'll see how we go um yeah I, yeah i enjoyed supergirl as well i've only seen the first season but um if you're saying it picks up even more in season two, that's, that's pretty cool as well. Um, season two
1: and three are my favorite seasons for Supergirl.
2: Um, okay. Yeah, nice. Um, and segueing into getting into costume. <laughs> 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 um, also as well, I understand like this is, again, this is me reading between the lines. I'm not sure how, how regular you do it, Lilith. Um, cosplay
1: there's no cons going on at the current moment so i haven't done it for about two years at this point
2: <laughs> right yeah but you, you do what every con you used to was that a, a, everything like you i did at least
1: one full day of cosplay oh nice uh, playing is very time consuming it's very money consuming but i mm. feel like it's such a unique community to be a part of yeah um it's a lot of fun you don't really need much either everybody's so well for the most part as long as you're not a creepy dude um everybody's pretty <laughs> supportive and all about like tips and tricks and like oh hey uh i have a seamstress that can do this for armor oh, blah blah
2: blah it's a very supportive I enjoy it. it's yeah creepy. yeah Oh right, cool any um like has the experience of actually cosplaying as well like with with apart from the creepy guys as you say um Strangers coming up to I have you having a
1: bitch face. So I never worry about creepy guys plus I like I'm very well well versed in self defense as somebody that's only five foot three. Oh, yeah. And I always have pepper spray. So i am never worried about the creepy guys.
2: Excellent. Well,
1: <laughs> have... tr- I'm not locked in there with them. They're locked in there with me.
2: <laughs> well how about the, the good like the good fans and like the ones that want to take photos with you and say, so, how, how do you find that yeah, experience? Is they... that is that must have been so weird. I mean
1: I recommend everybody go to, like, start off at, like, a small con and just cosplay for one. Like, if you're going to a multi-day con, uh, con, just do it for, like, one day. And you'll just see, like, how much fun it is. And even if you just have, like, you know, the cheap, um, I don't know. Do you guys have Spirit Halloween in Australia? But, you know, like, a cheap uh, drugstore costume. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Everybody's so welcoming. And they'll offer you tips and tricks and things like that. And, yeah, I, I enjoy the cosplay community, especially at cons. It's, okay. it's real... The best community,
2: honestly. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like the inclusivity of it. The um, and just how everyone seems to be obviously on the same page and uh, um, just sharing their love for it. I, there's only one. Like, Comic cons are very um, sparse over here, Lilith. Um, the the one I've been to, which is like one I've been to in like over twenty five years. Um, I did approach one one cosplayer, uh, and that was high. and because I had my Hawkeye. Um, shirt on, you know, just the the uh, mat fraction, the the purple arrow thing, um, yeah. and she was uh, Kate Bishop, and so I said, "Oh, look, you know, do you mind if I just have a photo with you?" Because you know, I'm a, I am a fan of like Hawkeye as well, and that that was pretty cool. And I think on the flip side, for for people that see cosplayers, it is an exciting thing too because uh, you do see your <laughs> the
1: Deadpool cosplayers are my favorite because you know they're just so <laughs> into character and don't let them oh, run really? into a game <laughs> Uh, cosplayer, like I, like I said, the community is so just so very cool.
2: Yeah, yeah. I saw a, I saw a whole um a group of they were they were friends. They were, you know um, a mix of guys and girls, and they were dressed as different spider people. I thought that was excellent. Like you know, I think I
1: saw that post on Facebook. It was like uh Spider Man Noir. Yeah, you know, Spider Man Miles Morales. Yeah,
2: yeah, well, yeah. Well, they did it over here, as well, and it was really cool as well. So, um, okay, cool. And and also with the cosplaying, yours because I'm it's such a foreign thing for me as well. Um, actually, you know wearables and stuff. I know you say you go to a Halloween shop and stuff, but you do, you have well, to do? I, I I
1: make my own stuff for the yeah.
2: most part. Of, well, how, I, I learned
1: how to sell specifically for cosplay. Playing. I mean I'm not very good at it but there are patterns that you can buy or find online and stuff like that. And you wow. know YouTube is a godsend.
2: <laughs> okay, so. so I guess a lot of people lean on that as well. Because yeah for sure there's a there's a lot of um resources there. That's the number
1: one place. If you can't find something for cosplay go
2: to Etsy. Oh Etsy Support oh, yeah. a, small,
1: a creative person,
2: Etsy. My okay. number one tip. Okay, there you go, listeners. Lilith uh, promotes endorses Etsy it's good. Yeah, this is a very, very uh, creative, creative um, site. Uh, also, just a few other things, Lilith. I mean, we will definitely get to the big four of your uh, your Desert <laughs> Island books. Uh, but just a, a couple other things, you know, just to, to tease the listeners as well about your background. Um, you do mention as well about, well, you, were, you say you were on the set for Smallville at some point?
1: I did. I was an intern for two summers.
2: Wow. Cool. And you have a connection with DC as well? Is that true?
1: Um. Yeah. Well, it's mainly one part, my uh, PR marketing background. So I'll weave both these questions in together. Yeah, yeah. And one part, I, used to, I I won't say who, but I used to date somebody that worked at DC. So <laughs> I got to spend a lot of uh, and I Jim at the time. Jim Lee? Oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's so pretty big.
3: It was, it was
1: nice.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Cool. And and oh, and how did you? I mean, not wanting to get into too much. Think. How was he? Like the environment in there? Like, it'd just be interesting to know. Oh, well,
1: back in the the mid two thousands. You know, honestly, they. I feel like they've been cursed since they moved from the six 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 building. When they moved to L A, they definitely lost all their swagger, all their heart and soul. It was in New York, and oh. I think that that was like the biggest mistake they ever could have made. Um, it just had a special atmosphere that New York office. Yeah, that uh, you just can't replicate. It's just you know, it's just like that that it's like a little piece of magic that they just lost and they'll never be able to get back. I, you know, everybody yeah. jokes, oh it was six six six. Yeah, I, was, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it, I guess it's because
2: it's it's where you you want to be. It was I mean, a hell
3: of for all We know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I guess more so for Marvel, it's uh, it is like the epicenter, like. Because all the characters, you know, based in New exactly. York, so that's pretty. Oh, I didn't know that they were they moved out to the uh, to the West Coast, far out. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how. But that... yeah, that
1: atmosphere was great. Um, they, they had a, the, the editorial teams, from my observations, uh, were a lot more approachable and professional, and they really wanted to support the talent, and they wanted to be cohesive. And now it's just a free-for-all. And I, you know, honestly, I blame Marvel with this, you know, with with what they did with Ultimates. Everybody said, well, now I don't have to write, you know, two years to get the character to where I want to be. I can just do it. And ah. I feel like that changed the game for the, for the betterment of comic books.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, that's, that's, that's interesting. Opinion, baby. <laughs> yeah, that, that's very interesting. Far out. I didn't, um, yeah, I mean, I've never really thought about that, like the, that, that approach to, to how the Ultimates were. What kind of written I and... mean that
1: that was the tough point for writers um coming in that really wanted to put a mark on a yeah on a certain character and you know uh, you know you lose the work and I feel like you know as a writer especially um maybe not so much you know artists has their own struggles and trials of getting it to print, but for a writer when you shortcut that, Mm-hmm. You don't put in the words, something changes fundamentally on every level. Yeah, so- And it's just warping throughout the industry. And I, honestly, that's where I trace the breaking point of, you know, modern comics. Yeah, right. That's why they are the ones.
2: Oh, I've got to ask as well. Phil asked me to ask you about your new hashtag. Is that is that connected to...
1: Modern comics could never. <laughs> <laughs> So, like we just kind of solidified it on the last uh, episode of Legends yeah. of the Arrowverse because like we were doing a Superman issue, and we talked about you know what it means to be Clark Kent versus you know Superman and how he needs needs that Clark Kent identity. We we were talking about uh, Adventures of Superman five twenty five where he you know thought Lois was dead for a while. The the Kents are on the run because of you know Kenny Braverman, if mm. you're familiar, and you know Lois just breaks it down about you know your Clark Kent. Superman is your disguise, but you are Clark Kent, you know, and that's the economy of Batman is not Bruce Wayne. That's his disguise, kind of thing, and mm-hmm. how you need that. Yes. Yeah. One issue it was a one and done. It was actually just a palette cleanser, wrapping up one issue and, you know, moving forward to the next. Whereas that would have been like six issues in modern comics. And, yeah. you know, the, the need to write portraits and things like that. Modern comics could never do a one shot <laughs> like that. That was so <laughs> heartfelt.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't
1: like a big number. It wasn't anything. It was just a one done, heartfelt. Got to the meat of meat and potatoes of the issue, and we're moving on to the next. You know.
3: Yeah. When yeah. you read
1: those classic nineties like Daredevils, like say Anno Sinti or you know oh, these so DGT or like that, like you just modern comics could never. Yeah.
3: They
2: just couldn't. Yeah. No. I, I, I um I can relate to that, and and um I can see the differences as well. I was in my LCS the other day, just yesterday, and I did see. I mean, there are still like one shots coming out, but um
3: But they're cash
1: grabs.
2: They are like um, yeah. Well, I mean I I'm I'm looking at the um there was a, the Black Widow's Widow Sting one and I think they get these older or more classic writers and artists to work on it. Um but it has absolutely yeah, I don't know, there's a sense of I read the there was one that came out for Ant Man and the Wasp and I, and I read that and I was going, What is this? It's like it's a one-shot, sure, but it's not a very good one. So, yeah, <laughs> um, I can certainly say what you what you mean in that sense as well. Um,
3: it's it very
1: much been made uh, a business. Like, I, like yeah, I understand definitely. Marvel's side of things because they, they went bankrupt and they had mm. to do what they had to do with Disney. You know, it's why they don't have Spider-Man, things like that. Like, they made some very bad business decisions and things like that. Mm. And I, I get it from Marvel, but for DC, it is absolutely mind-blowing just the the team that they used to have compared to like nowadays like i just yeah it breaks my heart
2: <laughs> yeah i mean the whole the whole industry is kind of uh oh, there's so indies are weird this is, sorry
1: indie <laughs> comics is where it's at for Andy, me big like, two are disappointments.
2: <laughs> yeah i mean like oh there, there's so many things like moving parts going on with the comic book industry and and uh, I only just want to raise this other one again at the LCS I went in because i'm I'm a bit late with I'm a bit late with everything Lilith but anyway um, I I yeah <laughs> but uh, I finally finally got a chance to go to the LCS and I went there and I went up to be, uh, to pick Black Widow three, you know, which has come out a couple of weeks a few weeks ago and uh, it was none on the shelf and I asked go, what's going on? And I was going, was there a big thing that happened in issue three? I'm, aware, I'm unaware of. He goes, oh, no, no, sorry, we just run out because, um, he goes, typically issues one um, sell big and actually issues two sell quite quite well as well. But then after that, it kind of peters off. He so, says, so we've actually under-ordered and uh, and unfortunately it kind of sold out. It's going, oh, well, that's... I'm thinking that's no good. Uh, but, it, you know, it I found it a little frustrating, um, but that's the way that, I guess... If you look at trends in a very general sense, that the comics are being bought and perceived, like people will gravitate towards the ones and stuff, but anything beyond that, they'll kind of die off and die off in. Um, and I guess the comic book industry is trying to do something to to counter that. And you know, we're talking about like trades, and you know, you mentioned stories are being written as if they were trades because they want to. They know that's where the money's at. Um, yeah, I don't know. And anyway that
1: yeah it's like it's, it's all business decisions i like get it, it, it is a business but you at some point you have to realize that what you're doing isn't working and maybe go back to some of the and like you're not gonna really replace the older people like younger people just aren't into the big two anymore mm. i mean for, as far as picking up comic books they'll watch a tv show they'll go see a movie they'll be a part of that movie universe yeah but you know it really doesn't translate to comic book sales yeah from what i noticed
2: and they're very different like, um, the characters Different are... Different
1: completely. Yeah. Different characterizations, for yes, the most part, that, no matter yeah. what, what you're reading Absolutely. or watching.
2: Exactly. Uh, although they do sometimes try and emulate.
1: They try to.
2: Yeah. X-Men, worst scenario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, ooh, uh, here, here we go. Thank you, Samuels. That, that took a while. Uh, yes.
1: He has six fresh kangaroo.
2: Don't, don't That's fresh like kangaroo. That. How does that smell, Lilith? Waff it in. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's good. And I just... should
1: ask for something on the barbie on the side, but it's
2: okay. Mm. <laughs> thank you, Samuels. Um, if, you, if you'd if you be so, so good, we'd need to doggy bag that because we are off soon. Mm. I know that you you presented it very nice uh, on, on a plate, mm. but we need to go soon. Um, thank you, Samuels. Uh, Lilith, just a few more questions. Uh, a big one. Uh, one of the other core questions that usually ask. Uh, Now, Mm -hmm. I know, actually, I don't really know where you are at with Moon Knight, the character, but I do know that you do have him in your collection because you've mentioned it, referenced it in your shows as well. Um, How familiar are you you with Moon Knight? Uh, Do you still follow his travails in comic books now, or or, uh, are you more of the older... When he shows up in other people's books, I usually will
1: pick it up. I'm kind of, sort of, familiar um, I like kind of the earlier, like, 70-ish vibes for Moon Knight. I'm not, like, a real big uh-huh. modern kind of fan. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So, the Charlie Houston, one of the, the pinch points is. I the... mean, it's Doug. It's
1: Doug Hinch, you know? Like, I, yeah. I, I, I haven't been to him. So, like, I like, of course, I like the early stuff, so.
2: Okay, okay. So, and, and are you. Will you be watching the TV show, stuff like that? Or? I'm
1: so excited for the TV show, oh, actually. Nice. I, I'm very proud of Disney for deciding to go with Moon Knight. Um, it's very shocking for me, mm. honestly. Like, She-Hulk, yeah, she's sexy. You know, we can't really do the Hulk, so we'll mm-hmm. do She-Hulk. Yep. You know, the, 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 just the things that they were choosing, I was just like, oh, okay. And then yeah. they announced Moon Knight, and I'm like, yeah, right, this is April Fool's joke. it, was <laughs> 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 Yeah. but I'm very interested to see what they do with it. Like, I will say that they do put their um a lot of effort into their Disney Plus shows, so okay. I, I'm glad that it didn't end up on like Hulu. Although that means we won't be getting like a, a hard like PG-13 rating, though. Mm.
2: So I know. So I, that's
1: the one drawback about it being on Disney Plus. But it will have a higher budget at least.
2: Yeah, and I guess we'll just have to. Yeah, exactly. And and I think at what they're saying, six to eight episodes, you can put a lot more money in each of the episodes than if you know spreading it out over I don't know thirteen. Yeah, to 16. That's, that's the new way. Yeah, I, I
1: don't mind it all. You can actually
2: binge that in a day if you want, which mm. I
1: appreciate. A thirteen nice... is a hard binge sometimes, even on the <gasps> weekends. So. Have you
2: done? Have you done that? Oh my gosh, that's hard. That would be. That'll... I have. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. It was, what was what was this last show that I binged? Uh, season one of you, I actually ended up binging, which is thirteen episodes, and I was just like, oh, oh my this was
2: gosh. Cool. <laughs> I think I've done four. I think that's the uh, the maximum that I've been able to do. Um, but that's cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, bingeing is great. I love, I love bingeing. Sometimes, well, nowadays I'll, I do love the weekly releases because, you know, then I'm not too far behind. I can still kind of catch up. I've only just started watching The Mandalorian last night, so I've got a few episodes to go there. Um, also, as well, did you see the set photos of Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel?
1: Oh, so excited!
2: That's so cool, isn't it? I love it. It's
1: interesting and I'm so excited to see that.
2: Mm, me too. Little brown um, girls have That makes
1: me so happy.
2: <laughs> I mean, initially, I, you know, I was like, I can appreciate that she would reach a particular audience. It's not really for me, but I don't know. I, I'm kind of getting on board with it as well. And uh, seeing her in that, um, oh no, sp- spoilers! Uh, she was in a like in a Halloween costume of Captain Marvel. Uh, I thought that was pretty yeah. pretty fun. So, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So it, it sounds like you're invested in in those Disney Plus things. I'm looking forward to One Vision. I think that would be it um, looks for all intents a very a very good show already. Um but you yeah, know, we've only got the trailers, we'll have to see. Um Lilith. Now, just uh before actually, I'm going to jump just to the last one first. Before um, yeah, before we go into Um, something else (laughs) uh you have four desert island books four isla ra books but you'd like to give an honorable mention to one though can we can we have a little chat about that one at least
1: absolutely um my bonus pick would be he-man and the masters of the multiverse uh Mm -hmm. number one from 2019 uh by tim seeley
2: excellent excellent um excellent writer uh I didn't read this, I have read the, the more recent Masters of the Universe, but I haven't read the multiverse one. Um, give us a, a a little summary as to what this issue was about.
3: So
1: it's all about anti-Eternia and how it's wrecking havoc through the He-Man multiverse. And so they're just, you know, he has to team up with Skeletor, his greatest enemy, yeah. and they really look that they have more in common than they think, or, or more in common <laughs> than, you know, appears to admit.
2: Who would have thought? And it's very really like yeah. the two
1: sides of the same coin. I just really like the dynamics of it. I, I, issue one was a lot of setup, but enjoyable setup and lore and callbacks. Yeah. Um. To like TV, you know, the, the original cartoon, the 2009 cartoon. Like it was just, it was like a callback to everything within because we're doing the multiverse. And I, I, I'm i a fan of He-Man in any, in any iteration. So it was just great. And it's Tim Seeley. I love Tim Seeley. Um, anything that he does is just magic. <laughs> as oh.
3: far
2: as I'm have you have you read the um the Bloodshot Tim Seeley stuff? Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: okay. uh, I was so excited when it got the Vin Diesel treatment. Um, <laughs> like, Too bad, it could have been the number one superhero movie in the world had uh you know for this year had you know Birds of Prey not been counted as a superhero.
2: movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've yet to watch it. Um, you know I I have collected Bloodshot um as well, uh, but yeah, I've heard of. Of that film, um, I guess I'm just gonna have to hire it somewhere <laughs> and rent it, and, uh, and see for myself. But um, I've I haven't, haven't heard too I many. I mean, if you
1: like good... Fast and the Furious, so it's very much in that vein.
2: Is it okay? So, it like, did... it's one of my
1: favorite franchises, and I, I love Vin Diesel. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. Yes, if you like, know what I mean.
2: Yeah, I like him as well in it. I mean, but how does it do? How does it fare well with the character with Bloodshot?
1: i think it's dead on um it's okay. because vin diesel actually wanted to do this role he was very excited about this role and like for better or for worse what you think are chronicles of riddick he chose that role and you know had a lot to say about the roles in that universe mm-hmm. and i think that he's great as an executive producer when he's on a project that he's passionate about and oh, the passion yeah. definitely
2: yes so. i i love uh riddick uh, actually pitch black is one of my favorite films um that first one was just great the second one not so much but riddick the third one was okay i thought that was that was fun um just trying to return the
1: form but they, yes. it was like a whole thing um as it tends to do with vin diesel um he's very much a franchise man yes. if you don't know Um yeah. i respect his business and his hustle i do
3: yeah but he's very he's
1: very passionate about bloodshot it's his baby they're hoping you know unfortunately a hit during the pandemic yeah so we'll see how if they can do two, they might have to do some crowdsourcing, which I, I I'd give them a hundred bucks if they want to throw a Kickstarter up.
2: Just throwing that out there. <laughs> you, you're gonna check hundred bucks on the uh, the four billion that you're, you're looking for as well.
1: <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I, would, I think I pledged what was it, like two hundred and fifty dollars to the Veronica Mars movie. So like, I if it's oh, wow. a if it's. A, Franchise that I'm down for, I'll, I'll put my money
2: where my mouth is as a fan for sure. Oh, cool! No, no, nice one. Yeah, I mean, Bloodshot is a, is a great character. I, I think, um, I think they're still working on Harbingers to come out. Um, this is just hearsay, so I, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> Harbingers, I think they, they reckon is the next Valiant film. Um, I, I'd like to see them build a universe. I think it will be really cool. Um, but yeah. yeah.
1: Especially since they're so indie and um and definitely hopefully it turns out better than spawn
3: oh yeah <laughs>
1: we're still trying to get that off the ground so like i'm always down for like an indie comic going mainstream yes. and bringing more eyes to that uh to that brand yeah, yeah i, I mean, feel like we need it's like it's like uh politics in america uh, we need more than two parties yeah we mean we need more than three so yeah, yeah, <laughs> the more yeah. competition the better for me
2: yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, and it is definitely worth, again, listeners who, who um, maybe uh, stick to the big two or so, yeah, definitely worth checking out um, these these smaller publications because there's a lot of... Definitely so with, with Valiant Comics, I know, from about 2012 onwards, uh, under Dinesh, fantastic storytelling and art. Um, I couldn't top it. I think that, that they were the best comics I've read in a long time, so... Uh, Yeah, so go check out um, all those smaller publications. Uh, Finally, Lilith, before we head off on the Moon Copter, before we go to, finally, your top four Isla Ra books, uh, just a bit of a curveball as well. So if I were to ask you what skill or hobby, like we've covered writing, cosplaying, um, obviously comic book reading, uh, what's a skill or hobby that you have that people that, have listened to you on your show don't necessarily know about which would be quite uh eye-opening
1: um well i don't know how many people remember uh the, the arrow podcast that i did but i, I am in archery i do love guns and oh. i do love fisticuffs <laughs> so, oh, okay at, like um mma yeah so ah. like my, my specialty is like sistema, and yeah which is russian street fighting so that's oh. my favorite
2: <laughs> wow how about the Filipino Kali? Do you like Kali? Oh
1: yeah.
2: Yeah, that's.
1: I mean, hot. I'm not. That's not. That's not suited for what, like how I'm built, but.
2: <laughs> okay, I, I'm only proud of that because I've got Filipino background and apparently it's a really good, you know, fighting style. But yeah, cool, nice one. I think a lot of Filipinos do a. Uh, um, I can't remember the name of it as well. Again, I listened to it on a podcast. Um, it, it's to do with the weapons handling. Um, I think it was on the Iron Fist podcast I listened to. There was a, a guest, Omar. He was Filipino. And they were talking about martial arts. And this thing, I don't know if you know it, Lilith, but there was a thing with, a, I don't know, fighting with weapons. Apparently, it's a Filipino style. It's one of the most deadly in the world. Um, again. I believe it. Props to the Philippines.
1: <laughs> Small but fierce. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually have an affinity for the Filipino culture. Um, when I, I, I'm from California originally, we have a mm-hmm. we're on San Diego, and I grew up near like a very huge Filipino uh, community. So yeah. um, I
2: really love the family and the culture oh, yeah. um,
1: that you guys have.
2: Yeah, that, so. <laughs> well, crazy bunch. I can say that because you know I've got blood. I am blood of it uh anyway cool cool anyway lilith (laughs) i think on that note shall we head off to um the the moon copter upstairs are
1: you sure it's gassed up i don't feel like uh (laughs) pulling a spider-man here and flipping back home
2: (laughs) (laughs) no no Frenchie has been on it he's been very diligent with his work so um if you if you come come follow me we'll go through this door here uh as as always we um you know, we're walking through here you can see there's Conchu's room of worship, there's Mark's um, there's Mark's bedroom. Hello. Oh there's Netta in we'll the kitchen. We'll close the door. Oh we'll close yeah door. close it yeah, exactly. Don't know what goes on in there. Uh, in through they have a lift, of course, in their mansion. Up we go. Alrighty. Um, that was quick. Here we, here we are on the roof. Uh, Lilith. Uh, after you. In the in the moon copter, it's all it's all up and running. Uh, and listeners, when we come back, we are going to get into Lilith's top 4 Isla Rub books. This should be a good one. We'll see you soon.
0: Hey there! Do you like comic books? Do you like superhero TV and movies? Well, come on over and check out the Capes of Lunatics podcast. We have such shows as Capes of Lunatics and Super Connectivity, where we cover everything new and current and popular in the world of superheroes. And we also have episode-by-episode reviews of the Marvel Netflix shows and a monthly discussion of everything current on the DC Comics character Nightwing and a few other surprises all the time. So come join us for the Capes and Lunatics podcast.
2: Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is our Isla Ra Sessions It is episode 177, not 169, Uh, and I am here with Lilith Hellfire from Capes and Lunatics and Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks. Uh, Two great podcasts, go check it out, Lilith and the Drop King, Phil, chatting away about comics, but in this episode we have Lilith exclusively to talk about her top four Isle of Rubble. Suck it, Phil. S- suck it, <laughs> suck it, Phil. Um, and as mentioned, we'll start with rank four. But before we get into that, Lilith, you may notice things have changed a little bit. I think Conchie's played around with us. You can oh hear dear! Where's
1: all this hairspray in my hair?
2: <laughs> exactly. Mm. I know. Why? Why are my armpits, you know, different colours? I'm wearing a hyper colour shirt. I don't know. Anyway, are we these are. Shoulders? and why is my jeans all the way up past my belly button i don't know anyway it seems like lilith we're in the 80s i don't know what's happened i thought we were going to move through space we've gone through time listeners that will come become apparent to you very soon do not worry anyway we are stuck in the 80s we are listening to awesome synth music um but Let's reveal Rank 4 Lilith, and your fourth book that you would take to Isla Ra, should you be there stranded uh, and need some reading material, is brrr, Spawn. Spawn, 100- number 185.
1: 185,
2: yeah, so this, uh, I've got this writer Brian Hulgun, Hulgun and uh, I've got Wusspotashio and Todd McFarlane, is that right? Making
1: his triumphant return, both of them, Brian and Todd, came back to the book after a, a hiatus.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, mm-hmm.
1: that's um, what makes it so special. Um, I kind of don't consistently read Spawn. I kind of go in spurts, and this okay. was like I had taken like probably like a year, years break, and I was like, oh, they're coming back, and so uh-huh. I jumped back on for another like seventy-five issues after this. At that point,
2: uh. but yeah, this was like
1: great for ha- that was a like great homecoming. Yeah. having Todd McFarlane back on the book, which is why I chose it. Um super special place, like I said, in my these are all like super special places in my
2: heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. No, it was a it was a very I did some background reading as well, so I, I did know of uh the the importance of this issue as well with Todd McFarlane uh, and Brian coming back. I, I'm I am a fan of Wills Patachio as well. I mean we're talking about Filipinos. <laughs> uh props to <laughs> props to Will. he's an awesome artist a big name in the 90s for me, uh, you know, known for image works like uh, like Wetworks, um, but also in Uncanny X-Men, stuff like that. Um, I was trying to Wetworks pick...
1: is great. Underrated gem. I love I, Wetworks. I, I talked about that on our, indie, um, on our Indies uh, ish, uh, episode on Capes and Lunatics. I think it was like 200... Episode two hundred
2: when we oh. talked about that. So yeah. Okay, I'm gonna have to yeah, yeah check it out. I mean, because what works, yeah, I love I love it. The premise is good. Um, I was actually looking at the art when I was reading this as well. To um, so is is it a mix of Todd and Wills? Because uh, I I think only until you see the Violator for me that I, I started seeing a bit more of Todd McFarlane stuff. Um,
1: That's a fair assessment.
2: Yeah, is it? I mean, again, I haven't. Been following these these artists uh, as I've developed but um yeah very interesting a very interesting issue I thought um and so we have uh, there are a lot of things happening I, I guess um and for someone who like myself has jumped in totally cold with this one issue um it was you know playing a little bit of catch up but um it seems in the
1: the <laughs> um The beginning of it, where they give you the kind of like that, the first seven pages, and then the the review. I think it was more of a. They said they build it as a jumping on point, but for me, like I said, they sort of specifically said it was a jumping back end point. I do feel like it isn't friendly to new readers. Uh, uh. But at that point, the comic, the the comic, uh, the animated series was out, I believe, and things like that. So people, I think they felt like okay to just like you know say, hey, yeah, this is a great jumping on point if you've been watching that animated series.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that animated series as well. Jeez, I've only seen one episode. That's pretty... Have you seen it? It's pretty awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. I have yeah. it on DVD somewhere. Uh, I haven't so watched that... it in a while.
2: It's very dark. I mean, I know that sounds very <laughs> it's obvious. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, like, as for cartoons go, it's like... it's like...
1: Well, it was more true to the comic book than the movie could be. Yeah. So I think that that's probably what threw a lot of people. But it was yeah. HBO, so I don't know what you guys were saying.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just a cartoon. I didn't. I, I was just thrown by the amount of violence in it, which is, um, you know, which was a happy surprise. Uh, you know, I'm not like not all unicorns and rainbows here. But <laughs> uh, no, that was good. Um, yes, it spawned uh, really good. Let me, hang on. Let me just. Uh, any particular? So, what happened at, at the beginning? That that was Al Simmons, right? And um yep. I love the and green. then they kind of
3: keep
1: you on Tinder hooks till the last page, which I, I felt like that was great pacing and a great choice how yeah. they played it out for me.
2: Yes, yeah, and uh, that bearded fellow he's a he's a recurring character, isn't he? Hmm. Yeah. Um. He's dealing with the. Uh, is it yeah the violator? What's his his clown persona? Does he have a name as well? No. I forget, but everybody yeah. knows them. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows. It's, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, no, a very fun issue. Um, I, I thought, um, and certainly once, I, I've got a whole lot of uh, humble bundles of spawn. I think it's around 200, though. Um, so I'm going to have to try and connect them up to this 185. I'd like to see how it kind of plays out. Um
1: and honestly, like I said, the next 75 issues is, is just a really, like for me, a great run and mm-hmm. everything, everything's important. That That's the thing about me when I read comic books, um, especially like old book, comic books, like everything felt important and connected. And you might've thought that they forgot about it, but no, we remembered.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that is a big um, thing for me as well. Uh, this kind of continuity, you, you know, and, and a lot of the, the big two, they, they lack it, unfortunately, and that's one of the things I don't really like about...
1: Everything so. matters, so nothing matters. <laughs> that's how I've been putting it lately, especially for DC. But
2: yeah,
3: yeah
1: I, I feel like he did, like, he was trying to, like, you know, introduce some new people, and, you know, there's yeah. a new game afoot, as it were, as well, about the about the scenario, so...
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, no, so it's so a very good... In- oh, hang on. Um, it's almost i know we are in the 80s this is hello macgyver hi how are you
3: you gotta learn to be more optimistic
2: good (laughs) i was gonna
3: (laughs) gotta call a little attention to myself
1: macgyver
2: can get it (laughs) yeah macgyver can get oh and here's one of my good friends mr t hello how are you cut out the jibber jabber don't be babbling like a fool
0: say what you got to say that's all then shut your dang pow hole
2: this is great. You know, I, <laughs> I love being in the 80s. Um, but there you go. Okay, great. MacGyver, Richard Dean, love your work. Stargate, do you know of it? No, Stargate. <laughs> no, it's too soon. Don't <laughs> run the time
3: space
1: continuum.
2: <laughs> and off, oh, Lilith, you are the queen of the segue. I love it. Here we go. Speaking of the, the time space continuum, let's move on to your rank three now and this is why we are in the 80s, or why we've gone back in time. Uh, we're looking at... <laughs> Jughead! Jugheads! Uh, as mentioned pre- previously, you're an Archie fan. Jugheads, Time Police, number one. Now, this is the 2019 2019! Oh,
3: 2019.
2: Yes. Yeah, because I, I read the 1991 first, uh, which was just as fun. Um, I, I really enjoyed it as well. But it, it must be an ongoing kind of... Um, a spin-off title for Jughead. Uh it, but th- it
1: was a mini series. I believe there were 4 issues in this
2: one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Sinagraice, uh really this was really good. I really enjoyed this. Uh and Derek Charm, uh the artwork. Shout out
1: it. to Derek Charm, Yeah.
2: Oh, so cool. Uh it's not your typical, well, for for the layperson. It's not your typical Archie kind of style, but there's enough there to make you to make it kind of like a like an Archie thing. And that's
1: the thing about the new Archie uh, reboot that I was talking about, where they're most known for, like, their crossovers, like, you know, Archie meets Batman 66, uh, mm. Jughead versus the Predator, um, Archie yes. versus Alien, things like that. So this is very much in that vein, and they also kind of did it as a throwback to that 1990 issue as well. Um, no. So it's always great seeing them bridge that gap.
2: Yeah, yeah. Did they do – I think you guys must have talked about it. Was there ever an Archie versus the Punisher?
1: Yes, actually. <laughs> that would have <Like>, been cool.
2: <laughs> that would have been cool. Um but this this was a I really I really enjoyed this, uh, Lilith. Um and I've I've got the uh I'll get the the other issues as well. But basically so what happens, Jughead, he he kinda cocks up.
1: This is me. Jughead is me, you know. He gets banned from <laughs> the competition and he's like, I gotta yeah. fix this.
2: Well time travel. Yeah, I mean, for the the most unfortunate of reasons. I mean, he he unfortunately chooses the fish oil when he's making his pies, um, and it goes goes a bit pear-shaped. Everyone gets food poisoning. Uh, He is really down in the dumps. Archie comes up with this idea off the cuff about... I think it's him that comes about um, time travel. Uh, And so Jughead and... Is it Milton they... um, and hot dog as well. I love hot dog. The dog, they uh, they build the time machine, and uh, a Jughead goes uh, goes back in time, and unfortunately he faffs it by bumping into himself for a bit. So uh, do. yeah, so this was fun. I actually I actually recognise a person at in the last page because she appeared in the old Jughead's Time Police. So correct me if I'm wrong, Lilith, but that is uh, Archie's descendant yes yeah yeah and Jughead has a thing for her well he had it had a thing for her in the old old series but um yeah really cool a really good mix of of uh of uh humor um and you know some action and it's a
1: travel through the archie verse which is fun like so if you don't if you're not really familiar with archie there's like the main archie books and then you know you have a josie and the pussycats book you have Mm -hmm. archie and josie and the pussycats when they're like doing battle of the bands you have veronica and betty off doing their own thing and as the story progresses you kind of like travel through those little like like as like a shout out like hey this is what they're doing you know you should probably pick that if you're in you know things like that it's pretty cool
2: yeah yeah (laughs) I like also the the slight tweaks, Lilith to the to the characters. I think most notably Betty. She seems to be. Uh, I don't know if she always was, but she seems to be more of the the sporty mould now. Is that that's like a bit of a is that a retcon or? Oh, just... uh,
1: definitely a red hound. She was just obsessed with Archie, and that, like that—that's the one. That's my favorite thing about modern Archie is that they gave Betty something to do other mm. than just, sh- especially Riverdale. I love the take on—well, maybe not the whole take on Betty, but now that she, you know, spoilers for Riverdale, she's not with. She doesn't end up with Archie, as far no. as we know at this point, and that freed her up to do her own thing and be her own person. And they kind of did that in the comic book series as well. So yeah, they—they they revamped Betty for the better as yeah.
2: far as I'm concerned Well, yeah I was about to say that actually they give her a, a bit more depth as a character at least um so that's that's really cool uh and but Archie still is part of the band still very musical as as is usually the um the portrayal of him as well as Jughead uh loving his food as well yeah
1: I like I said I relate to Jughead especially um Like, if you don't know, in the modern reboot, they very specifically and explicitly say that he's Ace. So I think that that's great for representation for the Ace community as well. So,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, And also, as well, so again, for people that don't know too much as well um, about Jughead's Time Police, uh, it actually ties back to his beanie. He's got a little button on there because, again, that was all
1: about the beanie.
2: Yeah, it's all about them. <laughs> yes. Um, so at the end of it, sorry, before I mentioned, uh, it he he um, has to go back to to fix what he's stuffed up, uh, but he kind of diverts Archie and Milton away, and he wants to do it himself. Um, I like Hot Dog in the fact that Hot Dog is is sentient and and uh, well, like as in smart. Like um,
1: all the cartoon dogs. <laughs> yeah,
2: and he helps out with the um, with the time machine as well, and and all these this sort of stuff. So. Uh, no, very, very fun. Very fun indeed. Well, I think, uh, Lilith, we might just go for a... It, it's, unless there's anything else for, for Archie or, or Jughead's Time Police you want to um, mention?
1: Not at all. I think if you're a fan of, like, Doctor Who or, say, like, Barry, uh, Barry Allen in the TV show The Flash, you definitely probably want to pick up this book. I think you will find it very relatable.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and um I, I can't say enough how surprised I was at uh how it was written by Sinner Grace. I mean, I only say that because i have not read much of his stuff before, but I've read about apparently in you know, the controversy that he that has gone in and around uh his run at Marvel um but this one he does he does very well. I mean it was very fun to catch these Sometimes characters you have
1: to stick to your element
2: Yeah. oh okay <laughs> That's all. yeah That's ha- how I feel about it. Yeah. Had you read Iceman, or?
1: No, I'm, I'm familiar with the controversy, but I didn't want to read it, because I didn't want to, like, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: It's like some writers that only read in certain, um, when they write for certain companies.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he said he he. It feels as though he's very much more um, at ease here, I guess. I mean, like, very comfortable. I think he, he really has a handle on these characters, so, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely highly recommended, and if... Anything, it's the artwork, I think, is really cool. It's just nice and clean and crisp, um, and it's, yeah, it's it's got that archiness to it, um, but it, it's, a, it's been modernised as well. Yeah. Um, right, well, Lilith, I think before we go to our big two, um, we've been funking around here in the 80s. Um, it's to, uh, We're going to have to get some help from Conchi to get oh, out of here to, to find another spot, um, but we'll take a quick short break Again, loonies, and when we come back, uh, let's hit up with a very surprising, I'm sure you're waiting for it, little last two Isla Ra books. Catch you soon.
0: Bitten by a radioactive spider, student Peter Parker gained the proportionate strength and agility of an arachnid. Armed with his wondrous web shooters, the reluctant superhero struggles with sinister supervillains, making ends meet, and maintaining some semblance of a normal life. That's right, do you like Spider-Man? If so, you should join me and my co-host Lil' Fellfire every Tuesday on the Capes of Sidekicks podcast for the Ultimate Spider-Cast, where we talk everything Spider-Man, comics, TV, movies, games, anything and everything Spider-Man. Miles Morales, Spider-Gwen, Ben Reilly, the Scarlet Spider, it's all there. Every Tuesday on the Capes and Loot Kicks Sidekicks podcast. And we all are. Hi, this is Al of Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos podcast, and proud member of the collective, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast.
2: Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. Welcome back to our Isla Ra sessions. A quick short break to escape the eighties. To travel back in present time. 1.21 gigawatts. And uh, <laughs> and I'm a little a little bit quieter here because Lilith we are we have found ourselves we are in the deep sea. We are in a submarine
1: Loose
2: lips shink, sink ships. <laughs> exactly, loose lips sink ships. We have to remain quiet. I don't know why. Um, it just seems that you have to speak a little bit quieter in a submarine. But anyway, we are here, and again, this will be revealed to you <clears throat> when we get to it. But before we reveal the big number one, uh, rank two, Lilith. Uh, this was this was a fun read as well uh, from two thousand and two. Is Green Arrow number twelve. So, this was written by Kevin Smith, artist Bill Hester, and Andy Parks. Um, a, a pretty fun issue, Lilith, if I can say, uh, a little risque. <laughs> um, uh, in really? something. I mean,
1: I'm, I'm unflappable. So why
2: would you say? That? Oh, I mean, I mean, just just the fact that I didn't realize DC would would have um, insinuated so much here. But uh, you know, I found it, I found it titillating. Um. To say the least. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) this uh, is Green Arrow. Basically, it's framed around. uh, Lilith. How about I'll let you describe this this synopsis. Um. Really, you can describe it because I mean I don't really know how to sum it up. Okay. Well,
1: (laughs) it's a lot.
2: Okay. Well, basically, and again, I don't know. Maybe just um, educate me here. Dinah, is that? Is that Black Canary? Yep. Okay. Cool. Okay. I didn't. Again. It is it is um, alright so anyway basically it's framed around the outset uh, um, Green Arrow and Hawkman apparently they're, they're at, they they're usually are at loggerheads but they are seen laughing quite jovial um, and uh, it actually turns into I guess uh, them talking about Oliver Queen's relationship with, with Black Canary um, and so I guess they want to sort th- he wants to sort things out with her they go out to dinner. Um, there's a bit of trouble with the Riddler. He comes in with his goons, uh, but they <laughs> happen to be there, and they fight. Really cool. I really love that fight scene uh, in the restaurant. The very innovative stuff from Green Arrow. Uh, that They defeat him, and that proves to kind of bring them closer together. Um, but then there's a, a really cool scene with a lot of innuendo. Um, of them,
1: uh, as you do with this character,
2: <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I'd like to. Uh, yeah, um, postcoital, uh, and uh, yeah. And then, then there's a bit of Sherwood Forest. <laughs> and then we have um, apparently the introduction of Onomatopoeia, um, which is yes, a Kev- Kevin's... This is the first appearance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is he is he a is it's he a big character these days or?
1: No, not really. I okay. think last scene on uh, like season one or one or two of Arrow, nobody's thought about this character. Set, oh, which okay. is unfortunate. I think it was a cool concept, but a lot of the stuff that Kevin Smith did for Green Arrow got undone and kind of gets poo-pooed on. But I enjoy his runs, um, especially that synergy that he has with Phil. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Like it's kind of hit and miss when it comes to Kevin Smith on Green Arrow. I've noticed in the fandom, but I enjoy his run. I think Feast and Fall is absolutely hilarious. Um, there's a lot of little tidbits that get revealed. Um, a lot, and then also if you're not a Hawkman fan, you probably wouldn't even be aware of like the post-Hawk world continuity about Carter Hall being in the Justice League of, of America with Green Arrow so it's like a lot of subtle things and I, yeah. I like that about Kevin Smith because he's a fan of the character Boy, he was, also yeah. has like Dina says she dated Rosal al Ghul which is um after the, the Birds of Prey had ended so I was just like ooh and that that's funny because it comes back around after New 52 with Return of the Demon so there's like a lot of like little cool things in this book that I yeah. enjoy which I think is why I picked it up like well, I, decided to pick
3: this,
2: yeah. Which I, again, I think is uh, would uh, as a as a comic book reader, you'd really appreciate these references. It, it does show that Kevin Smith knows his stuff; he's done his homework. Um, when so, he can get
1: it out on time.
2: Oh, really? Was he was notorious for being a bit late, was he?
1: <laughs> not with this. Um, not with this run, actually, but a couple other
2: things. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think it's good that, like, he adds these things in. For me, again, being an absolute newbie, I think this is the first Green Arrow issue I've ever read. Um,
1: Oh, wow. You get the JSA, which JSA over Justice League. Um, So I think that that's why it's kind of uh, important to me as well. And then also they have the Star Spangled Kid in there. So it's just like a lot of, like, I'm very golden age when it comes to DC.
2: See, I thought for some reason that was Stargirl. But, yeah, okay. That's a, the another
3: character. She? she comes
2: later. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she comes later. Okay. Cool. But yeah, this was um, yeah really cool. I, I I really enjoyed this actually. I think Kevin Smith uh, his his voicings um, for for the characters like made them different enough. You know, we we talk about Bendis Lilith, and one of the <laughs> the shortcomings that, shortcomings that he has is that he can make everyone sound like the one person, like the one person from New York. There, there's even this thing in Superman we reviewed with the Bendis run. And these aliens, you know, from another planet, they sounded like they were New Yorkers. It was pretty, um, uh, yeah, pretty bad. But this you right
1: at Marvel for so long.
2: <laughs> uh, no, yeah, true, true. Uh, but no, this was really a lot of fun. I I enjoyed uh, the action, as mentioned in the the restaurant. Um, the Riddler isn't is more of is obviously more of a Batman um, villain, right? Which is
1: kind of like the jab that Green Arrow is just you know Green Batman, which I. Take exception to You know He gets it more than Moon Knight Believe right. it or not Oh really Which I, I thought you would, um, I thought you would Appreciate that That you know I picked a character That people also <laughs> <laughs> um, compare to Batman <laughs> Because they're lazy And they don't know Much about the character It's just an uh... easy Comparison
2: Well there's actually i I loved it. Then at the beginning, because they um, Green Arrow and Hawkman both are having having a bit of a dig at Batman as well. Uh, yeah. So uh, I like the humor in this. Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, they
1: let Hawkman be funny, which he had been so sour and dour um, for so long. But I think he's a really great character that deserves exploration as well. And I, I'm glad that like Kevin Smith kind of took the time to do that. And I love the cover. The cover absolutely striking. And if
2: cover is really you good. saw it on
1: a stand, you definitely make you stop. That mace.
2: It's all about that mace. <laughs> yeah. Is he is he immortal? Is he like a god or?
1: Um. Depending on the the version, I believe this version is the Thangarian alien version.
2: Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. That's right. Yeah. I knew he was like an alien thing. I uh, didn't know whether, but he's like really tough, right? He's super tough. Um. That's a
3: exactly.
2: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. But yeah, we're talking about this uh, this action scene with the riddler i'd really love this idea of he gets the skewers um the meat skewers oliver queen and he uses a a harp because there happens to be a like classical music yeah (laughs) and uh so he uses that to kind of um incapacitate some of the thugs but uh black canary she's just doing her thing and from what i understand she is like absolute kick-ass with her fighting skills yes yeah um because I, I listen sometimes to Who Would Win um, as a podcast, which is really fun, and they pit Black Canary against, I can't remember who, but hearing about her, she seems very, you know, very well... Even without
1: her sonic scream, she is a very deadly, incapable <gasps> combat hand-to-hand fighter.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's got a sonic scream. Does she... Does she have a secret identity as well? I mean, are these people... It depends
1: on the continuity. Um, this okay. one specifically, not so much anymore. She okay,
2: <laughs> so people so people like in the restaurant would have been going, oh, there's Green Arrow and Black Canary having a go. Yeah,
1: because it's in Seattle at this point. I also like the, the Seattle when he's in Seattle. I mean, much love to Star City, but I, I really feel like uh, it kind of grounded the character to be in an actual real city. Yeah, that I that I'm into kind of thing too. Um, that's it's something that Kevin Smith did. A couple of other people have done it too, but yeah, when he's in Seattle, I think that's some of my favorite stuff. And you know, the police are against them and stuff. And
2: yeah, you know, oh because, like oh sorry, because I always take it for granted. Because in DC, right, they usually don't go for real life cities. Exactly. Yeah, right. Okay, I'm just thinking like Marvels, like oh yeah, Seattle is just like everything's in New York. <laughs> yeah, New York, or yeah, they bounce to LA and stuff. Okay, right, right, right. Of course. Um, but they
1: have—they do happen to be in Manhattan in this one. But um, Kevin Smith did um, take them, uh, blah, uh, in a couple of like what is it, ten years from now? Yeah, in like 2012, he took them to Seattle and did some interesting stuff. So he did, yeah, he re- did another run
2: with Phil. And
1: I—I I enjoy Kevin Smith with Green Arrow. I like I said, I feel like yeah. he's a fanboy in the best way. So
2: yeah, um, I, I mean, I think it's—I think it's great what he's kind of done. Again, he's writing—I've only been privy to his Daredevil. Um, run. Um, that but... was okay, but when you compare it in the, the greatest
1: runs of Daredevil, I mean, that's oh, yeah,
2: still yeah, position. Exactly, so. exactly. Um, but I think he's, I mean, I, I really enjoy this as well. I'm just wondering, um, has Green Arrow ever, because it seems to have a bit of a like a light tone here, has he ever been, like, as you say, the comparisons with Batman, has, has he ever been given he's that grim? He's
1: very light because because of his comparison to uh Batman but it's it's kind of like I don't know there's this you know there's a light and dark of the same side or whatever you yeah know? Yeah, um, yeah he's very jokey but he's been through some serious stuff you know yeah um so I like that he's able to keep it snarky and light-hearted you know because I, I like my snarky uh superheroes obviously as a spider-man fan
2: so <laughs> he's very
1: much on that level of snark and, and Deadpool too and Deadpool yeah um, <clears> and <throat> well
2: yes uh, now, I'd like to um, <laughs> like to get to the, the latter part of this issue here. I'm just going to read some of the... Um, so anyway, they they find they rediscover themselves after that fight, and they're just lying on the bed, as I mentioned, um, you know, exhausted. And you get dialogue like this. I'm really sorry about pulling your hair. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, she goes, I was trying to pull the wig off, so I'm assuming she used to have a wig. And they talk about her... Her blonde hair which is great um <laughs> you hit the bullseye you are a naughty naughty boy you hit the bullseye arrow man <laughs> i aim to now, this...
1: they're a great relationship actually like right yeah. up there with clark and lois so. oh are
2: they okay I, I do. yeah okay. very iconic they seem to be on on again off again though a lot right which is oh, i of guess course. you can say As the same <laughs> yeah yeah fair enough. i mean but you know the likes of mary jane at least and Lois, they've had like long, solid stints, right? Um, yeah. And, yeah, and you know
1: they've been married, and that's been taken away, and things yeah. like that.
2: So yeah,
1: they actually. Um, if you did enjoy Green Arrow, I would recommend uh, Green Arrow and Black Canary.
2: Oh, okay. They so have there's, a book there's an actual okay, right? Um, oh, I'm trying to remember who there, there's a guy that's. Um, he's apparently he's run with Green Arrow is very famous, popular. Someone recommended it to me a while ago. I can't remember his name. Sorry. Um, okay. But the year
1: one was a grill. My grill.
2: Yeah, grill. Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Green Arrow year one. Um, that I mean for modern Green Arrow, that is a very seminal collection to own and a, a great place to start. Yeah. But like I said, I like the the kind of older jokey. Like they kind of made them more serious uh, after that particular uh,
2: run because that's when the
1: real trauma kind of happens. <laughs> to be yeah.
2: honest. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're not.
1: It's what the TV show is based on, mostly the first two seasons. So.
2: Okay. Okay. So you you don't get these quips like um, I don't know where you're going with this, but I've shot all my arrows already. <laughs> no,
3: definitely not. No. A lot worse uh,
2: things. Okay. Um. And so I'm I'm just gonna have to linger on this because because again, this surprised me. Like um, for independent comics, sure, that's fine. But I didn't realize that you know DC would have done something like this. Um. It's anyway. So, <laughs> so she's talking about um. I'm sure you got some more in your quiver somewhere. Uh. And then he. Then he um pretty much pays a visit to Sherwood uh, Forest uh, with her and uh, get it, get Isn't that it. Cute? <laughs> That's it. And, uh, definitely making her merry as there's this a shot of her uh, just enjoying herself. So uh, again, so this took me by surprise. Uh, and one of the things that I, I guess that apart from the really good writing and the art, I really do like Phil Hester's art. I, I think it's um it's a oh, little, yeah. it's different, but it's it's not jarring enough. You you know what I mean? That it's not I don't know. It's not like
1: It's an acquired taste, but I feel like the synergy that he has with Kevin Smith makes it work, whereas mm. with um the other run that he's known for, oh I don't know. and yeah. uh, I don't know. It's it's okay, but it's it's not as good as this in my personal opinion.
2: Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, this is very cool as well. And, and as mentioned as well, Onomatopoeia makes an appearance there. This, uh, this character that gets killed, Lilith, I'm, I'm taking it, this is her first and last appearance ever in comics? Or did, is she uh, an actual. Yeah, li- vir-
1: virago, yeah. Only okay. appearance.
2: Okay, so she's not an established character, because that would have been like a big thing, right? You know, if it was. Exactly. Someone, uh, uh but no, she, <laughs> Just she was. She's
1: cannon fighter. Cannon, cannon fodder,
2: dispensable. Um,. And then this, it kind of rounds out in this issue with Hawkman coming back saying that he needs to have a chat with Oliver as he sneaks out of, um, of Black Canary's room or, or, you know, their room. So I'm assuming, is he mad at, at, at Oliver for, for sleeping with her or...?
1: No, that's just the relationship they have.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, okay, fair enough. You um, know,
1: you know, just two two guys, you know, measuring their sticks. You know, how it ah,
2: goes. did he have a thing for her as well? Did he? Did he have a?
1: No, just his own lady love, but like they oh, just yeah. have a rivalry that's kind of long standing. If you've uh, if you're a fan of the JSA and stuff, okay.
2: And sorry, Lil, this is going to be very, a very very dumb question. Um, JSA. Is that the Justice Society? Justice
1: Society. Okay, yep.
2: cool, excellent. I, okay.
1: Justice League.
2: <laughs> okay, excellent. Uh, cool. No, this this looks yeah, this is a lot of fun. Um, and and so what? Um, I'm sorry, you mentioned made this special for you. Like What? Was there a sentimental? Yeah,
1: And um, just Kevin Smith and the fact that he used Hawkman, and then he also like threw in the Star Spangled Kid, B- like just like I said, the Golden Age. Yes, like, the Golden Age. Touches.
3: Yeah. And the yeah. fact
1: that it's a kind of in Manhattan. Makes it feel more grounded.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But yeah, Onomatopoeia, I when, I I thought, I thought it was very unique and cute and like perfect for a comic book uh, villain. Why hasn't somebody done this before? Yeah, that is pretty, <laughs> like yeah. you think, you know?
2: Yeah. That yeah, that is pretty funny. Like, he just says blam and then and then he kinda shoots uh, Virago, unfortunately. And then he just says calls out, Yeah, Onomatopoeia. That's that's it. That's me. Um Cool. did i ask as well lilith sorry about um so i know so just in recap i know spawn that was a uh, a good jumping back in point for you which was very memorable which which is why you you largely chose it as your ilarra books jughead time police the 2019 so was there a... The best uh,
1: that Jughead has to offer in the Archieverse.
2: Uh, okay, <laughs> okay. So uh, the affinity with Jughead, um, and, and I guess just this, this story was time really travel. good. Time travel. <laughs> yeah, time travel is very cool. So we've got Green Arrow now as well, um, just Kevin Smith uh, and this harking... Kevin bat.
1: Smith and be fantastic at it. Yes. Definitely at his best, I feel
2: like. Yeah, and, and with him, all well, the references and, and the Golden Age nods, um, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Oh, also, actually, Lilith. Before we get to to your um, your number one ranked book, as I said, we are in the submarine. We do have a crew here. They're milling around. I mean, we're not driving this thing on our own. Um, we have uh, we've got Bud here. Hey, Bud. Howdy.
3: Uh, how are you guys doing?
2: Yes, uh, yeah, bud, hi, yeah, and uh, where Lilith and I, sorry, we, we have actually joined your crew here just in the submarine. We're, we're going through Lilith, Lilith's Isla Ra books, um, so don't worry, we're not here for any underhanded or covert reasons.
3: Comes to the safety of these people, there's me and then there's God, understand?
2: Okay, all right, cool. Anyway, Lilith, we are here in the submarine because you're number one book that you would take to Isla Ra this is crazy I would never have expected this one is The Submarine The Daps
1: Number One
2: (laughs) Yes this is an awesome read Uh, issue one so this is Pete Milligan and Assad Ribic, fantastic artwork, really makes it. work is
3: p- haunting,
1: but mm. in the best way possible. The shading, the exactly. line work, it is absolutely immaculate.
2: Oh yeah, and, and so this is part of the Marvel Knights line. It's, it's got a bit of a darker edge to it, and as you say, that the artwork adds, makes it haunting, makes it scary. Because
1: um, you're in the sea, man. We don't, we don't really know what's down there.
2: <laughs> exactly. No, this, I mean you're, we're talking about like space travel you know, underwater depth travel is is crazy. So first off, um, Lilith, why why did you pick this this issue one?
1: I love Namor. Um I don't I don't think that I mentioned it enough on Capes and Lunatics. I, I don't oh. think people take me seriously because they know that I'm a huge Aquaman fan and they feel like you can't be a fan of oh. one and not be other. Yeah. But I mean Namor came first by like a month. <laughs> so I'll give it to Namor, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um but um I, you know I, I like that you know he's very much um an anti-hero and I, I love a I love a good anti-hero. He never really tries to be her- heroic. He just you know he's like that chaotic, you know, neutral guy. Yes. And I just I just love it. And like I said the sea it's it's a setting that is, you know, scary but at the same time kind of comforting because you know when we're in the womb <laughs> yeah you know like that so it's like this dichotomy of the ocean and you know namor as this just like arrogant just jackass yeah. <laughs> you know well yeah and this just takes it and puts it in a genre Yes. You know, it's that very um, pulp-era adventure kind of story mm-hmm. that I, I totally do. Because as you know, I, I love like old-school Batman, like 1930s to 50s Batman. I love the pulp of it
3: mm-hmm. and
1: the gothic essence of, of Batman. So I love a good pulp story. So this is why it really stuck out to me. And I was utterly shocked that Marvel could pull something off like this. Utterly uh,
2: shocked. Th- this <laughs> would have to be one of my favorite uh, Namor storylines um this is really good i am a fan as well of name resort that's why you you so pleasantly surprised me with this this rank number one lilith but this is so cool as you say everything about namor um and the underwater i mean we we had a little uh, cameo there from bud from the abyss the movie um and, and great movie,
1: underrated absolutely um, hell to make watch the behind the makings of that movie and you'll be surprised that they actually made the freaking movie
2: oh wow okay i haven't i haven't um Yeah, I haven't read that um, or or seen that. But that creates a really kind of idea of underwater and the claustrophobia of it. Um, And I think The Depths does it immaculately as well. it, it um, also to the fact that the submariner is this unseen force. I really love that idea, um, and he's very much like a legend, like an urban legend. Uh, you got those uh, the crew not really believing in it. Oh, no, actually, no, sorry, they do. But you have um, what's the gentleman's name? Stein, Doctor Stein. He doesn't believe it, and I love the opening to this Lilith where um, he's doing the presentation about the abominable snowman and yes. yeah it's so cool because he builds it up and the beautiful artwork and then he said we've actually caught it and he reveals it and it is a uh, what is it? it's a particular type of bear um and he, he basically debunks the whole thing so uh, the, the red himalayan bear and he goes as you can see everyone the yeti is just you know science Go
1: home. <laughs>
2: exactly so i love this skepticism from him as well um but as you say this whole pulpy nature and the fact that name was such an old character you know, by Marvel standards. Um, he really... doesn't
1: get the justice that he deserves. He doesn't know, um, not at all.
2: but, but it lends itself to this era because, you know, we're talking about, you know, you could be reading this gun, but you know, hang on, we're in a world where there are superheroes everywhere, but no, this is like before, I think this is before, um, Namor actually was well known. So at, at the moment, he's just only kind of hearsay. Um, it's really cool, and uh, and yeah. So anyone that hasn't read it, basically, Stein goes uh, in a submarine. He's been asked to look for uh, Atlantis, I think, because um, one of these guys, Marlow, uh, an explorer, he um, he's disappeared. You know, there's there's bits and pieces of his messages that he's seen something. So um, so Stein goes in with a crew, and again. You know, classic Mole Lilith, uh, you've got a crew with, they've all got a little bit of um, a personality to them already, even by looks. Um,
1: uh, yep.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, but,
1: well-defined characters, <laughs> I love it.
2: Well-defined characters, the, the the dialogue is great. I'm a big fan of Milligan as well. I mean, we're, we're talking about uh, Valiant Comics as well, Lilith. He, he did a great Britannia, I'm not sure if you followed that. Um, and Shadow Man as well he did really good Shadow Man
1: I'm very familiar with yep.
2: yeah Shadowman's awesome but yeah this I, I yeah I mean uh, what about um, some other of the aspects of this story that you really enjoyed
1: um, it's just really that atmosphere and mm-hmm. they don't feel the need to like spoon feed their audience they just let you take this journey they're not dropping anvils on your head mm-hmm. you know treating you like you're stupid they just let you let the course of the story take its place and you know and they leave questions unanswered. Yes. That I feel like that. The I think a lot of people kind of didn't enjoy it because they felt like it was. A, it never relented. It never gave you a, like a cathartic release or anything. It just kept going and yes. going and being chilling. And then yeah. there's the end of the book. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. there's a whole long gap, and you're just kind of left thinking and pondering. And I think a lot of modern comic book readers
2: don't enjoy that aspect. Mm, it, it it certainly has a like a a very measured slower pace to it but i think that really is important for especially when we we do finally see namor which is in the subsequent issues but um this build up i mean again the interpretation the man the election,
1: that build up is everything
2: oh yeah it is and i love those little glimpses of him You see like there's one bit it's it's a very simple thing but it's like a it's like a, a blur of him um in the water And then you see shadows of him casting over the submarine, and and Stein goes, oh, no, no, it's just an octopus. It's just a giant squid. And the guy goes, no, I've seen giant squid. That's no giant squid. Yeah, I got
1: 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea vibes, but also I think the more apropos uh, comparison to make is not the Abyss, but Sphere. I got a lot of spear from it. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with that movie.
2: Spe- no, I, I know of it. No, I haven't seen it, though. But, yes, yes, I know which, I know and which it, one.
1: And another great movie that you you just can't believe. Wow, that's how they made it? I don't I'm surprised you got made. Wow. <laughs> one of those, anything that kind of deals with, like, water like and
3: yes, actors,
1: can... it's amazing that they actually do it. Although it's all CGI now. But back yeah. in the day, it used to be
3: still.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Aquaman was not as hard to make. <laughs> 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 um, but again also lending itself to uh, the the claustrophobic atmosphere uh, there's also this mention of the depths and the guy i can't remember the guy's name the crew member but the guy with the big sideburns he goes to stein Man, you've got you've got the depths you, you're not thinking straight because stein wants to go out there to i guess prove that it's not namor um, and i think they're so far down and it's so dark so it's really this tension is built so much in this um, in this issue alone. Actually, this is if we're talking about setup issues. This is a fantastic setup issue. Um, it's not just feeding. You don't the...
1: even realize it's yes, setup. Yes, exactly. A kind of story, It's taking you on a journey.
2: Exactly. Yeah, it's got its own story in itself. I mean, there's of course there's, there is a little bit of setup at the beginning because they've got to engage Stein and everything. Everything
1: has to have exposition. It's it, comic it, books. it
2: does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just sorry. I'm just going back here in case I. I've got the guy's name wrong from the very beginning. I think it is Dr. Stein, isn't it? Um, (laughs) Let's just call him Stein. I'm pretty sure from memory, yes, it is Dr. Stein. Good. Good. yeah, so no, I I found this. I'm three beers in,
3: bro. I've got the yeah. Charlie
2: Esser effect going on right now.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. No worries, you, you're in that happy haze. I, I can I can relate. Um, not now though, because it's uh, it's a, the other side of the world here, different Tag time. Bit
1: too early for you. Ray. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Too early. Uh, no, but a fantastic a fantastic issue this. Um, and and like I said, there are actually there are horror vibes to it, without it actually being. Like being, Yeah, it's just
1: that atmosphere. It's yeah, so tense. And
2: yeah, like, I would yeah. Hi, I would highly recommend it. A, a question then, maybe um, just as we round out your four books here, um, what I, I do sometimes ask people as well is not only, like, why did you pick them, but kind of also, also why did you pick them? So say, for instance, The Depths 1. Like, so you've got, you've picked this issue 1 um, because it, You know, it's a good read and it has a a particular value to you. Um, Is there any reason why, if you're stuck on a desert island, that this would help you out?
1: You know, it's a submarine. You hope a submarine
3: come <laughs> you. know, and also yeah.
1: the, the, when you're on a deserted island, say, for yeah. instance, water can be your best friend or it can be your greatest enemy, you yeah. know, just depending on where you're located. And, yeah. you know, like I said, it's a comfort and a hazard for humans. We don't really – we come from the ocean, but we really don't belong there.
2: Yeah, yeah. You know? No, for sure. No, I, I guess um, – and it's probably not applicable to all books, but I guess because some people say, like, I'm thinking of Drop King Phil – um he he picked like double sized issues like large because you know so he gave himself quantity on the island, you know um, whereas uh, some people want to take like popcorn type you know they just want to escape and like just just enjoy the issue other people want to take issues that they want that that they can easily reread over and over again or or very dense issues um so I'm just yeah I'm just wondering uh, if any anything is it was kind of a theme
1: things that make you think Uh, Or, you know, something that you just can reread and find new things to enjoy about it with every read. And I think this is definitely one of those books, whether Mm. it's the subtle details in the artwork, like the shadows of him and the, you know, that you see kind of glimpse that gives you kind of that, like the depth madness. Did I really see that? You know, (laughs) is that my imagination? Is that really him kind of thing?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, no, it's fantastic. And and I'm assuming uh so for the likes of uh, Green Arrow and Jugheads, Time Police, they would be kind of um they're just they're just like they'll be com- Fun comfort. Comfort yeah the
1: writing.
2: <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Nice comfort reads. Um and spawn I guess if you if you ever go dark on the desert island there. Lilith have ever, you know...
1: You gotta have balance, you gotta have light, you
2: gotta have dark. Like, <laughs> yeah, you like, start
1: with number four, that's kind of like, you know, Spawn, he's kind of, yeah. you know, grotesque and deals with heaven and hell, demon yeah. and angels, like that, and then you get, you know, the god of the sea. Yeah. The angry god of the sea, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was saying, you go a bit Lord of the Flies there on the island, Lilith, with the uh, with the Spawn, you know? You go a bit um, a bit primal with the spears and the hunting. Will. <laughs> sense anyway um so loonies there you go those are the four desert island books lilith it's been it's been awesome to chat with you um uh you know we we've done this sort of thing before on your show i think we did an april fools um and we we did the black Black widow Widow, which was a great run as well but it's it's really fun to just you know shoot the breeze with you actually learn a bit more about you and to go through your favorite books so a huge thank you for for coming on
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a blast as well. No judgments for drinking, which I can't say for Phil. So, you know, don't <laughs> tell him he might be my, my favorite.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, and just before we go as well, um, where can loonies contact you, or find you if they want to, if they want to hear more of your dulcet tones or if they want to drop you a line?
1: Well, if you guys are interested in the podcast that Phil and I host, uh, we have capes and lunatics, uh, and Capes and Lunatics side cap, uh, sidekicks. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, we also have a link, um, the Link Tree. Um, so it's Capes and Lunatics slash link, is it Link Yep. I mm. don't even know, but uh, you can link. find us on Facebook.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll have the show notes. Um, we'll have the yes, yeah, show, show, show notes.
1: I'm <laughs> sorry, Bill. I failed you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Been... Um,
1: yeah, on Facebook, you can just type in Capes and Lunatics, and we'll pop up right for you.
2: Yep. Fantastic!
1: And if you want to follow me on the interwebs and watch me like hate live, tweet the arrow verse when it comes back um in the new year. You can find me on Twitter at Lil Hellfire. I'm also on Instagram Lil Hellfire eighty six, and of course TikTok at Lil Hellfire sixty nine for the memes.
2: <laughs> Excellent! Yeah definitely um go check it out drop lilith a line uh she's quite receptive to uh to to posts and comments uh it's it's really fun and it's it's, yeah it's been great uh listening um listening to you lilith as well like going through your your um your your writing and your cosplay uh but of course your books bar none bar none anyway uh and thank you too bud as well um thanks for having us on on the submarine yeah no shit (laughs) um Next phase, loonies, we are into a first quarter. So that will be our country's relics, and it will be our last episode of the year. I will be releasing some pre-recorded stuff uh, to, you know, to tide things over whilst uh, going on a little bit of a break, doing a bit of writing as well. Um, But we'll have next phase uh, a guest chase, who is the host? Uh, web website host of MoonKnightFan.com. This is an awesome website, uh, which I stumbled across, and it has his collection. My gosh, he is a big fan. So I can't wait to go through his website with him. That will be next episode, episode 178. Um, you can find us, you can find Lilith and the Drop King, Phil, and Charlie the Professor, as We're all part of The Collective, a band of a few like-minded podcasters uh, who we kind of like share ideas, do crossovers, um, do anything geek culture. So the likes of Capes and Lunatics and Capes and Lunatics Sidekicks uh, as well as uh, Atalan Rising, a comic book podcast uh, there 's a whole heap of um, shows affiliated. Just uh, check out the show notes or you can go on twitter hashtag the Collective Net. just search for that and you 'll see all of um, all of our posts. Uh, finally, you can catch us email us on itkmoonnight at gmail dot com uh, you can email um, some some letters, some fan letters to to Lilith. There, I'll pass it on, Lilith. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, we're on Facebook. We've got a page and group. or on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord. Get vocal. We've got a website, uh, and uh, we have uh, we're on Podchaser as well. Uh, also just a little reminder we are on Patreon so patreon.com slash ITK just check it out um, and there are some great incentives bonus materials oh buddy I have got ideas for the next year for bonus material so I can't wait to get through some of that um, anyway a big thank you also to our sponsors Hello Headphones uh, and Dreamland Comics um, so if you use ITK Moon at Hello Headphones you'll get 10% off and if you use the code Moon at Dreamland Comics, uh, you'll get twenty percent off their online store. Also, we're affiliate members with Entertainment Earth. Go check it out. All for your action figure needs. Uh, anything that you, you that you purchase through our link will help the show as well. Uh, I could ask, I could tell you about our rating if you can rate us and uh, where to find us. But um, you know, if you're listening to us now, you're, you've obviously got to catch us. So. So good stuff. Um, and if you've got a review, actually Apple Podcasts or, or um, Podchaser, they're the two. Um, if you drop us a review, we'd love it. Um, drop us a review of this, this uh, Isla Ra. I really enjoyed this one as well. So um, let us know what you think. Um, I thought it was an absolute cracker. Anyway, Lilith... That's it. Let's get out of this submarine. Let's try to find some aliens to... to Ascend
1: slowly so we don't get the bends.
2: Don't get the bends. Um, Yeah, and make sure that we we stop breathing this liquid. Um, I I don't even know how we're talking now. It's crazy. But, no, a huge thank you again, Lilith. Anytime. And as always, May Conchu, watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Sorry, Lilith. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna let the cat out. He's starting to get a bit, a bit, itchy. That's it. It's not a euphemism. <laughs> oh, no.